Good morning and welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. Today is May the 1st. Today we're going to continue in our study on the Word of God, session number 5. We have been using as our text for the study, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Word of God is quick. That means it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, the, uniqueness, the, the uniqueness of the two-edged sword was the Roman Empire. While other uh, countries used a single-edged sword that required a hacking, if you will, um, the Romans came up with this two-edged sword, so there was no hacking involved. Uh, it could cut both ways, therefore it was far more efficient. It was almost like an automatic weapon, if you will. So the Roman soldier, the Roman centurion, was deadly with this double-edged sword. So the word of God is being compared to a double-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow. And that speaks to the fact of how sharp the sword is, that it could even, naturally no physical sword could do this, but it's saying a spiritual sword can here and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, the Word of God knows what you do and why you do it. So we've been using that as our text. And we've looked at a few things in our study so far. Of course, we're on part number five. So <clears throat> we've looked at Revelation. And in regards to Revelation, there's two types of Revelation. There's what's called natural revelation, which which comes through nature, conscience. Uh, then we've also been, we looked at special revelation. Special revelation is when God reveals himself to man in a direct way, such as the word of God. And then we looked at the issue of inspiration. Inspiration, the word, ins, the word inspiration literally means God breathed. Um, so the Bible is inspired, and then we looked at some views of inspiration, and there are several of those views that we talked about, everything from natural inspiration, which denies any supernatural element in the process, which we, which we categorically reject, and then we looked at partial inspiration. Not all the Bible is inspired, but some parts of it are inspired, then we looked at conceptual inspiration. In other words, the words themselves are not necessarily inspired, but the concept behind the words. And then the fourth view is what we call encounter revelation or, or encounter inspiration, which means that as we come into contact with truth, that truth becomes inspired for us. And then we have what's called the correct view, which is verbal plenary inspiration. Verbal meaning words, plenary meaning all, God breathe. All the words are God breathed in this view. And then, of course, I believe that to be the correct view. Then we started looking at some proofs of inspiration. We looked at the Bible itself. The Bible speaks to its own inspiration. In 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is God-breathed. And then we looked at another proof is its indestructibility, how that men have tried to destroy the Bible. 
and yet it still stands. Matter of fact, it is still the number one best-selling book in the world to this day. Um, then also we looked at its transmission, um, the way the Bible was preserved, the way the Bible was transmitted from its original um, manuscripts to, or its autographs to what we hold in our hands today. Uh, then we also looked at fulfilled prophecy last time. The Bible is a book of prophecy. It's the only religious book in the world that has prophecy in it. Uh, and then we looked at its scientific accuracy last time. And we spent quite a bit of time looking at how the Bible says the stars are innumerable. How the Bible says there's springs, there's fountains in the sea. The Bible even mentions the hydraulic cycle and matter. And today we're going to look at its history and transformed lives. History and transformed lives. The Bible, the proof of the Bible is also in, in history, especially in the realm of archaeology. Um, it has been said that with every turn of the archaeologist's spade, another skeptic is put to silence. Uh, Haley's Bible Handbook lists 112 examples, and Unger's Bible Handbook lists 96 examples in which archaeology has proven to be uh, proven the Bible to be historically accurate. In Genesis 2:8-14, it says that the Garden of Eden was in the lower Mesopotamian valley. Um, we can look at that real quick in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18. Genesis 2, 18. Notice the location of the Garden of Eden. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will help, I will make a help meet for him. And out of the ground, um, let's see, I back up here. I'm sorry. Verse 8. And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and he put the man which he had formed, and out of the ground the Lord God made to grow um, every tree that was pleasant to the sight. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became four heads. Okay, the name of the first was Pison, that is, it which campuseth the whole of the land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good, and the, and the bedlium and the onyx stone, and the name of the second river is Gihon, as it compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia, and the name of the third was the Hydekel, that is which goeth toward east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. And God took the man and put him in the garden to keep it. So here we see the Bible has actually given us the location of the Garden of Eden. Now, we don't know where all these rivers are today. Uh, certainly, the earth has undergone all kinds of movements and cataclysmic events and things like that. But even today, though... Um, historians, evolutionists believe that they call this area of the world the cradle of civilization. Um, 
It, they call it the birth of life happened here. Um, so the Bible says life began in this area of the world. The Bible says this is where the Garden of Eden was, where God created man. And people today call this area of the world, that Mesopotamian Valley, they call it the cradle of civilization, the birthplace of life. So, so, so even, his, even people today, evolutionists who do not even believe in the biblical account, acknowledge that life began in this Mesopotamian Valley, or sometimes it is referred to as the Fertile Crescent. In Genesis 11, <coughs> it mentions the Tower of Babel. Uh, and the Tower of Babel, um, in that area of the world today, there are dozens of what is called ziggurats that are found there in that Mesopotamian area. The Bible even says that Abraham and his family were from this area. Um, and for many years, people doubted if... Um, if this even existed, the, the Tower of Babel. And yet in 1922, an archaeologist by the name of C.L. Woolley found what we believe to be um, the, the base of the Tower of Babel, as well as the many ziggurats that were found in that, that area. Matter of fact, it is now one of the best known uh, ancient sites in the world. Uh, and it's dated back to 2000 BC. So uh, history confirms the inspiration of the Bible. Also transformed lives. The final proof, um, at least at this point in the, the paper that I wrote on this subject, um, is the lives that have been transformed by the Word of God. I mean, there is not enough paper, there is not enough video <laughs> to <coughs> go over how the Bible has transformed the lives of millions upon millions of people throughout time and eternity. Uh, the list of lives that have been elevated to new levels of peace and joy uh, because they turned uh, their lives over to Jesus Christ. Uh, I can speak for myself. Uh, I've been walking with the Lord for 52 years now. Well, not 52. I'm 52 years old. I came to know the Lord when I was nine years old. And, um, you know, the Lord has just transformed my, my life completely. Um, you know, uh, Psalm 119 in verse number nine says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. That's how a young man can cleanse his way. The word of God transforms lives. And there is no doubt that the Bible has changed the life of millions of people. You know, the Apostle Paul said of himself, uh, he says, and I'll show this to you. Let's look over in First uh, Timothy chapter number 1. Uh, and verse, verse number 12, he says, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. 
who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy. Why? Because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. The word of God has transformed lives. So those are, let's see, let's count it. Those are seven uh, proofs of the inspiration of the word of God.